the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Around the time of Jesus' birth, there was an eagerness of expectation in the world. Men were waiting for God, and the desire for God was in their hearts. Even the Roman historians Suetonius and Tacitus would write concerning powerful men who were to come from Judea to rule the world and acquire universal empire. The Magi from the East were not only men of philosophy, medicine, and natural science, they were especially skilled in astrology, believing that man's destiny might be foretold through the stars. Certainly the appearance of any new activity in the heavens would excite them, signifying some special phenomenon. We don't know what brilliant star they observed. A number of possibilities from ancient records have been set forth. However, what is known is that their profession was to watch the heavens and interpret the signs. For them, the appearance of this new bright star indicated them the birth of a king. They were so awed by this revelation, they set out to find that newborn king. But not everybody's reaction to the birth of Jesus was so enthusiastic. King Herod was in a tizzy over this new event. His personality was such that he jealously and viciously guarded his kingship. He was so suspicious of people, he had his wife and her mother murdered, and he also had three of his own sons assassinated. Even Emperor Augustus said it was safer to be Herod's pig than Herod's son. It's no wonder that all Jerusalem was troubled, knowing that King Herod would stop at nothing to eliminate this new rival to his power. Herod summoned the chief priests and scribes in order to ascertain from Scripture the place where this anointed one of God was to be born. We were told that while the chief priests and scribes correctly reported the text of the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, that Bethlehem was to be his birthplace, their own response to Jesus' birth was one of apathy. We have come to know that these religious leaders were engrossed in the daily operations of the temple and its rituals, the keeping of the law, and their legal discussions to the exclusion of anything else. The response of Herod and his religious leaders contrast sharply with that of the Magi. They go to great lengths to find Jesus, to see him, to worship him, to present him with kingly gifts and undoubtedly return to their respective countries to proclaim him. In preparation for this sermon, I depended heavily on the commentary of Matthew's Gospel of a man by the name of William Barclay. William Barclay was a 20th century world-renowned Scottish New Testament interpreter. He was noted as a scholar and a writer of extraordinary gifts. He studied at the University of Glasgow, 
and at Marburg University in Germany. He was minister at Trinity Church, Renfro, Scotland, and later professor of divinity and biblical criticism at University of Glasgow. His interpretations and insights into scripture are both educational and enlightening. I highly recommend his works, and if you Google him, you will find many books from which to choose. It was fascinating to me that Mr. Barclay noted that even in these times, we see mankind grouping themselves into the three categories represented by Herod, the chief priests and scribes, and the wise men. Like Herod, there are still those who would destroy Jesus Christ because he interferes with their lives. They want to do what they like to do, and Jesus will not allow them to do what they like to do. So they kill him. They prefer to kill him rather than putting to death those behaviors and things in their lives that separate them from Christ. They want to live their lives their way. Do we know anybody in this category? Like the chief priests and scribes, there is the reaction of complete indifference. There are still those who are so caught up in their own affairs that Jesus Christ means nothing to them. They focus all their efforts on things such as success in business, the latest gadgets, or the finest houses and cars. They glory in their possessions and their money. Do we know anybody in this category? Then there is the reaction of the wise men. Upon experiencing the good news of Jesus' existence and all that he brings to mankind through faith in him and the grace of God, wise people rejoice and diligently seek him. More knowledge of him, more understanding of him, a deeper and more meaningful relationship with him. The more they understand about Jesus, the more they want to be like him and share him with others. They desire to bring all people to Christ. Do we know anybody in this category? Now that we're aware of these categories, particularly the first and the second, what are we to do? How can we play any role in bringing the Herods and the priests and scribes in our lives to Jesus? First, we seek guidance through prayer. Too often we leave prayer as the last resort rather than using it as our first resource for discernment, guidance, encouragement, and empowerment. We alone can do nothing. Only through the might of Jesus Christ can we hope to bring anyone to him for repentance and salvation. Second, we do what Jesus teaches us in Matthew 13, 1 through 9, the parable of the sower. We go into our respective fields to labor, into our communities, our workplaces and schools, sowing the seeds of the gospel wherever and whenever we can. As we know from that parable, 
Some of the seeds may never take root in the hearts of those who have no room for Jesus. Some seeds will sprout quickly, but find no depth in which to secure themselves, and people will fall away. But some seeds will find hearts that are ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. And these are the people who will rejoice at the birth of Jesus in their lives and eagerly seek him, worship him, and present to him fruits and gifts of the Spirit, having put to death those sins and behaviors that separated them from him. This is the great commission Jesus has given us, to be disciples, making disciples, that his church will flourish, and to the end, that all that believe in him will have everlasting life. Let us pray a prayer for mission. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard word of the cross, that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us with your spirit, that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. <laughs>